Navigating life can be hard, but today it can get a little easier. Welcome to Actualized Potential with Cheyenne Sandoval. Welcome back to our fourth episode of Actualized Potential. I'm your host, your bestie, Cheyenne Sandoval. And I honestly already recorded about five minutes of this episode. And I just paused to check my phone really quick. And uh, turns out I wasn't recording at all. Yeah, I forgot the really important step of actually turning the microphone on. So... It makes exactly, it, okay, it feels exactly how, like, you leave a building and, like, you accidentally, like, leave your keys in the house or something and you're like, shoot, like, I kind of need my keys to uh, start my car. So that's how I'm feeling right now. Anyways, I guess I'll start with my high-low and buffalo of the week. So my high would probably be that this week I launched officially to everyone on my social media accounts. So ooh, that went really well actually I was really nervous because I was like I don't know how this is gonna go nobody's probably gonna listen to it it's gonna be a flop that's kind of my idea I was like who's gonna want to listen to this but I actually had like a great turnout so thank you for everyone who listened to last week's episode and maybe post anything or just texted me personally I really appreciated it it means all the world but my low I don't really know I don't really have a low yeah, that's a good thing. Oh, okay. The low would be this is this might be like disgusting, but to be honest, this can kind of be my low and my buffalo. But anyways, I came downstairs before work this morning, and I don't know, like the kitchen just smelled awful, like god awful, like it was like sour, and I was like, what is that smell? But it was like only in one certain place that I could smell it, and I was like, well, it must be the trash. I didn't have time to, like, take it out in the morning because I had to, you know, eat and get out the door. But tonight I came home and it was still there. And I was like, hmm. So I was like, surely it's the trash. I'll just empty out the refrigerator and I'll bag it up and take it outside. And that way it'll be gone. And everything that I picked up, like, did not smell the same way. And then I smelled the trash can itself and finally got, like, the balls to do that. And it did not smell like the smell I'm smelling. I just said smell, like, five times. Anyways, you get the gist. And I was like, hmm, where is this coming from? So, I like, I looked over to the dining room table. And there, Caroline and I have a little, like, fruit basket. And, like, it's not really a basket, it's like a bowl. So you can't really see the bottom of it. So she had just had, like, a big bag of cuties put on top of whatever I was had in there before. And, um, you see, I have a bad habit. I have a bad habit, and I keep thinking that it'll be fine, and then I do it again, and I realize that it's not fine. But I, uh, I have this habit of every time, not every time, but every time that I buy bananas, I think oh my gosh, I'm totally going to eat all of these. I have a plant. I'm going to eat them. And if I don't eat them, I'll make them into banana bread or something. 
uh, I'm not going to buy bananas anymore because at the bottom of that bowl was uh, three rotten, moldy bananas that probably smelled like what the Grinch would smell like if he was real. And it was awful. They were splashy. They were black and slimy and horrid smelling. They were just sour and all the... So I just um, threw those in the trash bag. I tried to tie it up without throwing up and um, got that out the door. And the smell kind of lingered for a little bit after that, but eventually it went away. Thank God. And then I took the recycling out. And Finn wouldn't come back inside when he was just sniffing the ground, which was annoying. But anyways... Finn is my roommate's dog, by the way. My roommate's name is Caroline. She is super awesome. I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but she does know whenever I'm recording. (laughs) Because she just hears me lock myself in my room, probably, and talk awfully loud to no one. But I'm talking to y'all. You know, it's just going to be for a later date. Anyways, I want to start adding a song of the week as well for every episode that I do. And I think my song of the week is going to be Higher by Eminem. It is one of my favorite songs to hear on my workout playlist, Go Hard or Go Heavy. Go Hard and Go Heavy, is, I think that's what it's called on Spotify. But um, it has all my like hype music on there that really helps me, you know, get in the right mindset to lift like heavy crap. So anyways... I listened to that today, and I was just, like, feeling it, man. So, if you are a fan of, you know, the gym, or you just like songs that kind of get you pumped up, I would definitely recommend Higher by Eminem. I might just make a playlist of all of my weekly recommended songs, and if y'all ever want that, I can just post a link. Yeah, I might do that. I'll think about that. So... I'm sure if you saw the title of this episode, which I don't see how you couldn't, unless you were blind and you were just listening to this, but the title is How to Spot a Narcissist, and I have personal experience with this, so I'm, I'm going to be your bestie with helping you spot this, all right? It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll realize some things along the way. Who knows? So... It is dangerous to fall in love with a narcissist. It's very dangerous for your mental health, well-being, you know, all that jazz. And just having one in your life can be really, let's say, toxic. And it can feel like they're just sucking the life out of your soul, like a Dementor in Harry Potter. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, like, they're so charming to everyone else. I don't see why, like... It makes me feel so crappy. You know what I mean? So that's going to be our first point. Now, not everyone that is charming is a narcissist. Let's get that straight. But if they're extremely charming and friendly and they're like a guy's guy or a gal's gal and like, like everyone loves them. And they have friends everywhere you go. Everywhere. If you go to Walmart they know somebody. If you go to the barbecue place on the side of the road, they know somebody. If you go to another state, they know somebody, okay? And they all have such nice things to say about them. But then whenever you are alone, they do almost nothing but tear you down and make everything your fault. Hmm. Yeah, it sucks. 
because you're like, even if I was feeling like bad about this, like everybody else seems to love them. So, you know, it must be fine. And you make excuses for them in your head. So that's our first point to help you spot a narcissist in your life. For number two, they may feel entitled to your energy, your time, and your space. And just like you in general, they feel like they should be able to boss you around or make you feel guilty for things. They Narcissists do a lot of guilt tripping, okay? Nothing is ever their fault. It's always your fault. Always. Okay? And their feelings are always hurt. You know, whatever you do... You know, it's all your fault that you're making their life so terrible. And it may not seem like they're making a big, like, dramatic deal about it. They'll do it slyly. Like, they're not going to, like, be flamboyant about it. But you're going to notice that over time, they never take responsibility for their actions. Like, let's say, let me find, let me think of an example. Okay, well, this may not be the best example of a scenario, but this is the first thing that came to mind. So let's say that you had plans with this person and you told them to be there at 6. So you get there at 6, maybe even 5.50, and you're just kind of waiting for them, waiting for them. And they don't show up until about, like, 6.20. Okay, And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you finally got here. Like, I thought we were going to start at six. And they were like, well, you know, traffic and I had to get ready. And, you know, you should have known that it would take me longer than an hour to get ready off. Like after I got off work, you should have known that I would be a little bit late. Like you should have texted me to, you know, remind me to get here. Or, like, remind me to, you know, hurry it up. I didn't know it was supposed to be, like, this important to you. That's probably a bad example. But, like, they somehow find a way to flip it around so that it's always not their problem. It's not their fault. They are free of any responsibility on the whole situation. So, another point... This is probably, I think, maybe number four, is that they expect to be revered in a way. They expect to feel special. They want to be the only person who's on your schedule. And if you decide to have plans with someone else, like, well, then fine. They're just going to do whatever they want and, you know, not consult you about anything anymore because obviously you don't have time for them. That is how they would twist it on you. They expect to, you know, have your time and energy whenever they want. Another thing is that they will exaggerate everything. I've kind of touched on this in my previous points, but with my examples and such, but they will exaggerate almost everything. Everything will be terrible. Everything will be so late. You know, everything will be your fault. And they will gaslight you. For sure, heavy on the gaslighting. Probably heavy on the love bombing as well. And if you don't know what love bombing is or 
gaslighting. Love bombing is maybe when you get into a new relationship and they are just throwing everything that you've wanted in your face. They'll say, oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? I want to marry you. They'll bring you flowers. They'll text you all the time. They'll send you sweet notes. They'll, you know, fulfill all of the things, all of your deepest desires in your heart that they know that you want. And then you'll feel so caught up and feel so attached to them, like, oh my gosh, this is my person, that you are blinded by what's actually going on and that they're trying to manipulate you. Now, gaslighting is gaslighting is a form of manipulation that someone does to you that over time will eventually make you feel like you're crazy. It'll make you question the validity of your own thoughts and how you perceive reality. It'll just be somehow all of your memories will feel like they're of your doing. And everything that happened is your fault. And it'll just be everything will be distorted. Everything in your memory will be distorted. Another trait is the exploitation of others. So this kind of relates to the whole, you know, they feel entitled to your time and energy. So this will be maybe expecting you to pick them up places or get you food or rub their back whenever you're with them. They'll believe that that is something that you're supposed to do. Another point, I don't even know what number we're at right now. I should probably number them next time. But anyways, another point is that they always want to be a leader. They always want to be in charge. So they may be common to be found in leadership roles, maybe CEOs or club leaders, you know, stuff like that. They assert themselves into those roles, whether they deserve it or not. They they think they deserve it in their head. They are special. They are worthy. They are, you know, entitled to anything that they want in their head. You know, when they don't think of anybody else's feelings, they don't think of anybody else's, you know, responsibility to a role above their own. Hubris is very strong in them. So they feel like they can do something better than you know, an expert in that field. They automatically know how to do things, even if they don't. Like, they may not have any experience whatsoever, but they will believe that they can do, you know, something better than a professional. So let's say that he's screaming at the television and, you know, he thinks that he can throw a football better than Tom Brady. Now, let's just be honest here, okay? Despite your opinion on Tom Brady, he is one of the greatest football players of all time. Now, if homeboy on the couch over here, drinking a beer, eating his nachos, thinks that he's going to be a better throw, nah, baby, you're in, for, you're in for a really rude awakening. And they will always be the victim. Like I said, nothing will ever be their fault. It'll always be something that happens to them and they're the victim and they need to be nurtured. You know what I mean? 
Another thing to look out for is that if they are extremely attentive to their uh, outside looks, image is very, very important to a narcissist. They want to make sure that they look charming and friendly and handsome and beautiful to everyone they meet so that it, you know, it covers up their, their scent, their tracks of being a terrible human being. And everything will be personal. Everything will be a personal attack on their own well-being, which may mean that they are more likely to cheat on their significant other because they feel as though they are entitled to, you know, whatever his or her feelings are at that time versus thinking about their partner's feelings and how their actions may lead to their, you know distraught or sadness or whatever like it's all about them it is it's all about them and they won't know it they will not know that they're narcissists they they won't even probably know what that word means because they're so caught up in themselves that they never take the time to learn about personal growth and how to you know get out of a victim mentality and how to take responsibility of their own actions which in turn leads to them taking control of their life no because right now they are victim and everything happens to them and they should be given leadership roles and they should be adored and loved and cherished for who they are and they should be allowed to do whatever they want without question and according to a study by the University of Buffalo, after 31 years of research on narcissism, they found that roughly 75% of all narcissists are men. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, all the narcissists in your life will be men. There are many times that I've known people who their mother is a narcissist. But I'm just saying, you know, the majority will be men. So if this is all lining up pretty well, let's maybe maybe make some distance between them, you and them. And you'll feel so much better. I remember when I first started realizing that my dad was a narcissist and everything just started clicking. I was like, wow, like, he is loved by everyone around him, like... Everybody knows him wherever he goes. They have such good things to say about Joe. And, you know, whenever he would come home, you know, he would still be charming and everything. But somehow, it was always my fault. It was always my mom's fault or my brother's fault. Like, nothing was ever his responsibility. I remember that when my parents separated, I would talk to him and I'd just be like, Why are you not happy with us anymore? Like, why, why do you need to be with this other woman? And he was like, well, don't I deserve to be happy? I vividly remember him saying that. He was like, don't I deserve to be happy? Don't I deserve to have, you know, a life that I enjoy? And I was like, well, yes, of course. But like in my, in my little head, I was like, but if that ruins mine, then I don't understand why you couldn't just stay and, you know, try to make things work. But that wasn't in the cards. He had his mind made up and, you know, we just had to go along with it because it was his way or the highway. 
Now, if you're listening to this, you're either one of two people. You're either... Shoo. I don't know anyone like this. Thank God, I really dodged a bullet there. Or, you are in the second group, and you may be thinking, Oh shoot. I may know someone like that. They very well could be your father, like me. They very well could be your mother, maybe one of your best friends, maybe maybe it's your significant other, and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? This is terrifying, because all they've been doing is manipulating me and treating me like, cla- like, bleh, like crap. You know what I mean? Now, hopefully you're in group A, but if you are in group B, run. No, but like, in all seriousness, I mean... The more access that you allow them to have to you is the more that that you're going to get hurt. They don't feel any remorse. They don't feel any guilt, baby. It's all about them, okay? It's all about them in their head. Your feelings mean nothing to them. And if you weren't around, they'd probably just find another victim. So, with me, mine was my dad. And it has definitely cultivated some of my issues that I have now. I have strong trust issues and I have issues with, you know, sharing my thoughts and feelings because I don't want, you know, to cause any heartache to anyone. And I take responsibility for a lot of things because I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I hate people being mad at me. And I just want everyone to be happy. So that has created a strong people-pleasing trait in me, which I have been growing out of. I've been healing all of this. But these are just issues that I have recognized. And that is one of the first steps to healing them. So I've recognized them. Quite a few of them I've already healed and a few I'm just, you know, still trying to work through. And, you know, this trauma will probably always be with me. I'll probably always have like an underlying, like, taste in my mouth from that where it'll trigger something in the back of my head that I'm like, oh my gosh, like... I feel like trash. Is this person going to hurt me? Or is it they're just having a bad day? Like, what's going on? And really, you just got to learn to be patient with yourself. And if you know somebody who's a narcissist, I want you to make some distance. They do not deserve to have, you know, power over your emotions. They don't deserve your time. They don't deserve your energy. If you're realizing that maybe you know somebody like this, you just need to, you know, make that distance, make that time for yourself and kind of slowly ease your way out of that relationship. And that may be harder if you're in a committed relationship and maybe you want to see a therapist first just, you know, to make sure that you have everything right and that you're doing the right thing. But honestly... I've been a strong, you know, proponent of following your gut, following your gut instinct, because 
My belief is that when you pray about something or you meditate on something and you start to have a strong intuition or gut feeling about something, that is your way of being answered. Make boundaries and stick to them. Okay? As soon as you're aware of what they're doing and that they may have a personality disorder, it's not your job to fix them. Don't think, oh my gosh, I can fix them. Like, it's all going to be okay. Like, they're just having a hard time. No. Okay, they're not going to change. And that's not up to you to fix them. You've already been hurt enough. So you need to take time for yourself. Make boundaries. And they might try to weasel their way back into your life. It's natural. You know, you've been so good to them. You've been so nurturing. And you have complied with their every need. But now... Now, you know, you've you've distanced themselves. You've distanced yourself from them and they don't have a victim anymore. They don't have someone to listen to all of their problems. They don't have anyone to manipulate and gaslight anymore. And suddenly, you know, it's just the sky is falling. And they're going to try and say, like, I've been so good to you. What do you mean? Like, we can't spend time together anymore. What do you mean? Like, You need to take time for yourself. Like, I can help you. I can make that all better. I would never do anything to hurt you. No, baby. Now, I'm not going to lie and say that's going to be easy, but it won't be worth it because in the end, it'll just be you and you'll be at peace. You won't be manipulated anymore. You won't be, you know, taken advantage of for your feelings and your guilt. And you're just going to be free. And it's going to be great. But ultimately, it's up to you to make that decision. And if not, you'll just have to deal with the consequences of, you know, being someone's ragdoll. Regardless, I am proud of you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week the rest of this week. And that you're gearing up for the holidays as best as you can. I hope that your Christmas shopping is done. I know mine isn't, but we're working on it, you know? Hopefully by the time that, you know, this podcast comes out, I will have my stuff under control. But yes, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope that you feel abundant and grateful for everything that you have. And yeah, let's jump headfirst into the holidays. Choose your direction you go in today. Proud of you. XOXO from Cheyenne. Peace.